0: Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are continuing our series through 2 Timothy, and we come to 2 Timothy chapter 2 today, which is really the chapter that really dives into discipleship. In fact, this is probably uh, the, the starting to get to the pinnacle of discipleship when we look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I'm excited to look at verses 1 and 2 today of Second Timothy chapter 2. There's so much we could get out of these two verses, but let's jump into it first of all by going and reading the entirety of chapter 2. And it says this, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and that I... Excuse me, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to the gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of their hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, that they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenius and Philatus are of the sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal, The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity." But in a great house there are not only vessels for gold and silver, but also for wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, and humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God, perhaps, will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Well, we come here in chapter 2, and we start off with verses 1 and 2, and these verses are are really foundational. In fact, chapter 2—excuse me, verse 2 of chapter 2—is perhaps the 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 most discipleship styled verse in all of scripture. In fact, if you if you look at verse two, it really is the heartbeat of discipleship, what discipleship is supposed to be and the pattern of discipleship. If somebody were to ask me what is the 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 one verse, you can only give one verse to go and to show what discipleship is, I would point them all day, every day, twice a day to Second Timothy chapter two, verse two. But we're going to start in verse one. And it says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And we see, first of all, this relationship once again of a, a a spiritual father talking to a spiritual son. And that is just really important to understand and to look at that there is this nature of things, especially with what we're about to see when it comes to discipleship in the next following verses. But we see this here that the apostle Paul is reminding Timothy that that he is his father in the faith, he he, and that Timothy is his son in the faith. But we see that it says, "My son, be strong." Now, this word "strong" it, it means empowered in the Greek. It means empowered. Uh, be empowered resting in that's what that word that preposition in means it's it's the greek word en and it means resting in the grace that is in resting in Christ Jesus now this is important to understand here because when it comes to discipleship many times people are afraid to disciple what if i don't know the answer what if i i don't know what to say what if uh, you you know I I just haven't studied enough. I mean, what if they ask a hard question? You know, I in in a lot of times there's there's pushback against this and that's why we end up having, you know, 52,000 seminars on discipleship and while I do think discipleship's important and we should talk about it, I think that many times we we seminar ourselves out on it as opposed to actually going and doing it. Uh, many times we have people who who they become you know incredible at learning all the different ways to disciple but how many times do they actually go out and actually disciple somebody but this is this is the truth that we get from the apostle paul to timothy we're to be strong we're to be empowered but not in our own strength we're to be strong in the strength we're to be empowered in the power of someone else not in our own strength But in the strength of someone else, the strength that is in Christ Jesus, when you don't know what to do when it comes to discipleship, when you get difficult questions, and you will get difficult questions if you dare to disciple, you will get difficult questions. What do you do? You lean into the grace of God that is resting in Christ Jesus. You lean into Jesus. That's what you do. You might not have the answer. You might not have the energy. You might not have the, the the strength. But Jesus does have the answer. He does have the energy. He does have the strength, and he can give you the grace to accomplish what needs to be accomplished in that moment. But you need to you need to lean into him. That's why this is this is so important. If you're going to dare to disciple someone you need to first be a disciple yourself. You, you know, you really don't have any business going and doing ministry if you haven't first been under the water of God's Word. You, you know, if your devotion life, if your devotional life, if your personal life with Jesus is really lacking, you need to get that right first. Go and lean into the grace of God, and then start pouring out, and then start discipling others. But it really starts with that daily discipline being in the Word of God. But now we're going to see a little bit as to how to disciple, and it, it starts in verse 2. And in verse 2, it says, "In the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses..." Place alongside these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now, there's a few things they want us to see here. The first one is, is who is to do the discipling? You are to do the discipling. This is important to understand and to realize that this is a personal call for you to do discipling, whether you're you're Timothy or whether you're a faithful person who's been discipled, who then goes and disciples others. It it is a commission— for you to go into disciple. It's a charge for you to go into disciple. And this is so important because so many times we people approach discipleship by going and saying somebody else should do it, whether that's the pastor should do the discipling. Or, you know, this person over here is so much more talented or gifted than me, or they're smarter than me, or, or man, they have this other experience. And so they would be better at it than me. No, this is what we're called to do. Go and make disciples. You go and make disciples. Now, the second thing we see here, not just that it's a commission to you that you are to make disciples, but the second thing that we see here is that the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men. So the things that you have heard, now this is a comfort to us. You know, God doesn't tell us to teach what you don't know. He's telling you to teach what you know. If you don't know much, if you just got saved and and you're going, look, I need to go make disciples, but all you know is the gospel. All you know is, is, you know, John 14, 6 or something like that that says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life, no man comes to the Father but by me. Well, teach what you know. Teach what you know. This is where so many people get intimidated by discipleship, but you shouldn't be intimidated by discipleship. You should teach what you know, and when you don't know something, lean into the grace of Jesus Christ to go find the answer, to go find the answer. But it's also important that you realize this, it's from among many witnesses, from among many witnesses. Well, where do you have many witnesses where you're hearing something? Well, church, church. You know, your personal discipleship life should flow from the pulpit that you sit under. Your personal discipleship life should flow from the pulpit that you sit under you should be teaching what you are learning in the pulpit and you should be committing these to other people now that word commit it's a really important word because many times we we get different ideas as to what it means to disciple one of the ways that we we believe that it means to disciple is to simply go and to throw a book at somebody's head to go and say look you know I read this great book and you should read this great book too. I'm all for reading books, okay? I'm an author. I'm all for reading books. That's a good thing to go and read books, but that's not necessarily discipleship, and many people will just go and say, I read this book, and they'll throw it at them, and they'll say, you read this book. Well, that's not discipleship. That's not discipleship. You see this word commit. It means to place alongside. It means to place alongside. You're to literally take what you have learned and to place it alongside of somebody, which means you have to come alongside of them. You have to live life shoulder to shoulder with them. True discipleship doesn't happen just in the academics. It happens in the heat of the battle. You know, I've done a lot of door-to-door ministry where we'd go knock on people's doors and we would share the gospel with them. I've done this with a lot of people. Uh, And one of my favorite things, this is, in fact, perhaps one of my favorite places to go and to really get discipleship in. And it's not because of what happens at the door, although I'm super excited if somebody gets saved when you knock on the door, or if you're able to encourage a a believer when you go and you knock on the door, or whatever it might be that, that that opportunity presents itself. Maybe it's comforting somebody. Maybe it's, you know, there's all kinds of things. But The thing that gets me excited when it comes to door to door ministry isn't at the door. It's in between the doors and talking to the person that I'm bringing alongside of me. Because it's a fulfillment then of 2 Timothy 2 2 to commit these things, commit these things, the things that I've learned. I get to go and to commit them, place them alongside the person who's right alongside Of me. But there's a specific person. This is the third thing that I want you to see. So the first one is that you are to do the discipling. The second one is that you're to teach what you have heard, and you do that in a way that you're placing alongside of them. But the third thing I want you to see here is that it's who you're to disciple. And this is faithful men. That word faithful, it simply means trustworthy. Trustworthy people—that's who you're looking for. There's a specific person that you're going and looking for, and it's not the King Sauls, those who 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 look the best. It's not the person who you look out and you say, "Wow, that person's got so much talent. They got so much ability," and that's what I'm looking for. No, the discipleship that you're to look out and do is to say, "Who is trustworthy? Who is faithful?" Because it doesn't matter their ability. It doesn't matter. Uh, what what they look like or their 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 perceived position. What matters is are they trustworthy? Are they faithful? That's who you're commanded to go and to place God's word alongside of. Because, you know, God doesn't need your gifts. He doesn't need your talents. He doesn't need your abilities. He's the one who gave them to you. Now, he certainly wants you to develop them. He certainly wants you to be a good steward of what God gave you. But, but one untalented person who is surrendered wholly to God is much more of a nuisance in the side of Satan than the most talented person if that person is not committed to God. If they're not committed and submitted to God. They need to be in submission, right? A, a combination of commitment and submission to God. They need to have that in their life. But then the, the fourth thing, which is the last thing I want us to see here this morning, is the goal of those whom you disciple. It's not that they would just get big-headed and continue to grow their brain. But it is that they would do something with it, that they would go and multiply the effort by going and committing them, what they've learned, to faithful men as well. You see, it's a multiplication that God calls us to go and to do. We disciple people with the goal that they might disciple more people we go and we bring alongside of them we show them how this applies in life that doctrine that we just heard about hey do you remember what pastor said from the pulpit yeah 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 well this is where it applies right here and you show them where it applies in your life that's discipleship and of course teaching them to go and to disciple others to do the same thing that you're doing to them to others and this is really the pattern for discipleship man i'm excited because in in the next few verses we we see more lessons on discipleship but i do want to just encourage you one more time with verse one you therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus you know if you're sitting out here and you're, you're saying look i want to dare to disciple i want to find that person to disciple them i i found a trustworthy person but i'm a little bit scared to go and to do it just remember You're not called to teach what you don't know. You're called to teach what you do know. And when you don't know something, you're called to lean into the grace of God. That's what you're called to do. Lean into Jesus. Receive the grace of God. He's never failed me, and he certainly won't fail you. Well, thank you for listening today, and remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may be able to observe, to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. is already